Welcome to the podcast version of 32 Bar Cut, the show. A series for performers, about performers, made by performers. Every week, we give audition advice, share personal experiences, and sit down with fellow colleagues in the performing arts to chat about their life in the industry. If you are hearing this message, you are not currently a subscriber and will only be hearing the first half of the podcast. If you would like to hear the full interview, including the Curtain Call series, you'll want to head over to 32barcup.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on to the show. She is giving us fresh beats on stage, on TV, and in the recording studio. Welcome to the show, Yvette Gonzalez Nasser. Thank you so much, sweetheart. <laughs> and also, I need that every time I go into a room, just like <laughs> presenting myself. That's amazing. <laughs> Austin's got a really good announcer voice. We just found this out in this whole venture of doing this show. He's like in the booth, like Yvette Gonzalez Nasser. You know, he's oh got it down. Austin. <laughs> we believe in you. You have a real career ahead of you. <laughs> so, how are you doing? How have you been during this uh, this strange year of uh, living virtually and and not really doing the whole stage thing? <laughs> oh my god! Well, the whole year has been you know, all up and down, obviously. But now I'm really good. I moved back to California. Nice. And I've been so grateful and so happy to be in the warm weather. And like my friends are here and it's just been really nice. Because so. you're originally from California, right? I'm originally from Miami. Oh, you're and from then, Miami. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I was born. And then um, I moved to California pretty young and then was going back and forth from New York as much as I could to, you know, work and do theater. And then... um and then now I'm back here, so I'm just like, this is good. This is yes, good. <laughs> absolutely. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing good. I've um, it's been like you said, up and down. Um, we spent some time with in-laws in the beginning of all this, and then we came back to New York. And I think when we got back to New York, it felt like. Ah, you know, like like our creativity kind of burst open and we were like ready to make things happen and and just uh, settle in, settle into that. So it's been really good. And now it's 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 warm. So it's nice and it doesn't feel as cold, you know, the dreary New York that it can be when it's snowy and all that stuff. So it's good. It could be I think it'd be so lonely if you're just like isolated in the cold, just like looking at the snow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when you were, oh, wait, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no, no. I was just I was going to say, is it warm in New York again? Is that what I was asking? Yeah, yeah. It's warm in New York now, which is nice. I mean, like there's a couple days where it's a little nippy um, with it still being like March, but I'm I'm hopeful that it's going to get warmer and warmer. So it's, that's really yeah. great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so you were saying you would bounce back and forth. So when you moved to L.A., I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you had, did you have your eyes set on a recording career or were you like, oh, no. Oh, wow. This no, is I interesting. Had, well, I went to school on an opera scholarship and then I did theater as well. And then I, my first job, out of college. I mean, I was kind of doing a lot of singing gigs like Florida Grand Opera and like teaching and doing whatever. And then I booked a, a tour with Engelbert Humperdinck, King of Romance. He's like from the 70s. Your mom <laughs> probably knows him. And like, and then so I got to like tour the world and like, you know, have a job. And it was like really exciting at the time. And so I 
ended up leaving Miami because there was nothing really going on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I just knew I wanted to keep performing and doing music and acting and all that. But um, it's it was like really slim pickings in Miami. So I just ended up picking New York or LA and I was like, let's try LA. And I took an Amtrak for like, my whole move was like $400, like all together, including myself. And that was, I didn't really have a solid plan. I just knew I wanted to keep growing and doing, you know, what I love. That's incredible. (laughs) We have that in common. I was a classical voice student as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. Your voice voice is so crazy good because we did that workshop together. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. You're amazing. But yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I was not invited back, but that's okay. That's the story for another time. Oh, They're thank alive. you. You're too kind. You're too kind. It's Lovely. fine. I, I, you know, it's, it's good. It's good when it happens early, right? That way you don't have to dwell on it too long or invest too much in it. You're just like, oh, that wasn't for me. Cool. Moving on. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's amazing. I love, I love that whole thing because it's, um, your recording sound doesn't have an operatic sound at all. It's very pop sounding. Did you find that it was easy to transition into that or did you always sing that way and you learned a classical, your, you know, your classical voice? How did you, how do you meld those all together? That's such a good question. And and then you have me thinking about it. I'm like, it was a journey actually, because Mm -hmm. um, when I was, I've always been good at kind of imitating sounds and, you know, doing impressions or, and that opera to me, I was like impersonating an opera singer. Like teachers would teach me, but I'd be just like imitating what I hear. But I don't sing opera at all anymore. I just feel like finding another sound that mm. wasn't musical theater, that wasn't opera, that was just like uh, just other parts of your instrument. That was a journey to find. Like I had to strip away things I had picked up along the way and like start, you know, exploring that. But it was it was a lot a lot of years of just like trial and error. Like, well, this will do. <laughs> but I knew it wasn't like. And I'm still finding my sound. Like, I'm still, like, experimenting with colors and, like, learning. You know, it's such an ongoing process. I think some people have it easy because they're like, this is what they sound like forever. Mm. This is just their voice. And I just didn't have that. And I think that that's kind of a blessing and a curse. Like, it's good because you can do a lot of different kinds of work. But as an artist, it's sometimes like, we got to pick a lane. (laughs) (laughs) And that could be a little hard, you know, because there's so many things you want to do with it. Um, But, yeah, it was definitely not like a natural it was like a lot of um unlearning i should say (laughs) yeah yeah i feel you on that for sure because for me it was when i um i've been in the lion king for the past few years and when i first got into it all they could talk about was vibrato vibrato they were like take it out take it out take it out what yeah and i was like how (laughs) like how do you do that without going flat or losing the essence of your voice and um so that took a lot for me and i think uh i had to give a little and they had to give a little for us to kind of come in the middle a bit with it but um There was a bit of unlearning, I guess, for me. And then I got a really good vocal teacher that kind of helped me through what can happen to your voice when you kind of like manipulate it to not have vibrato instead of it letting it be free and everything. But yeah, yeah, it is an experience. And it's it's funny that like with colors in your voice, like I actually recorded something yesterday and usually even with my own stuff, except that song that you have my lyric for there, that's like (laughs) a really quiet song that I did. That was like a first time that I sang something like that. But um, usually I try and be a little full out. Like I want to like use my voice and sometimes be loud and you know, whatever. And yesterday, last night I was recording a new song of mine and I had lowered the key by like a third. 
I was oh, like, you know you. what? What would happen if we just took it down? And it was like interesting because even still, I was like, well, that's like a lower register. Like obviously, it's a it's a lower part. You're not as powerful. It's like maybe a quieter moment. And I was like, is that boring? Like, <laughs> is that boring for people to hear? Because <laughs> I'm so used to like. But I just did it anyway, and I was like, that might be fun. It's like this experiment with like even those colors and just like see like you keep learning about yourself and I learn about myself sometimes through my voice too so but yeah it's just it's a lot of trial and error for sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely so you said okay so you you moved to Cali and then you were bouncing back and forth to New York and as I was doing my research because I like to research everybody before oh. we do this you know uh -oh. <laughs> um, Google is my friend YouTube is my friend um I I saw your IMDB reels and so you have like they're so great, by the way. You have a comedic hey. reel, uh, a dramatic reel. Um, and there was one more. I was like, she is working, okay? Oh, there's like a musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so were you bouncing back and forth and doing TV and film during that time too? Um, well, kind. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the earlier parts of my time in LA, I was actually going up and down the coast doing like, theater some mm -hmm. not so good some okay <laughs> like I was like I gotta get my equity card it was like this goal <laughs> so that happened and then when I went to New York I mean I think I was just always doing a little bit of everything at the same time so it was always like a little music and then maybe there'd be a tv spot or something like that so it was very much like balanced for the most part you know which is kind of cool <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. That's like the dream that you can like explore all of those at the same time and build your resume at the same time. For me, it's been completely different. Like it's all been like theater, 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 theater. Oh, and now I'm getting some TV film auditions. So we'll see. I'm very oh, hopeful great. that something will happen. But it's like it's um. I guess I've been I, I'll hone one craft and now I'm moving on to honing another one or learning about another one, which is cool. That's too. amazing. I think that's probably the better way to do it because you're like focused. You think so? I was like changing hats. I like the I'm way so you did it. You can't get bored that way, you know? You can't get bored. No, I know you really can't. But I also think there's a lot of power now in like, you know, just focusing on one project at a time mm. or maybe two, you know? Yeah, yeah, I so, like that. And, and just, but I love that I, I was just like, I do theater and then you know what that is. Like you're a master at your craft and then you're gonna now kill it in the TV and film world. I'm, you know, I'm ready to see you on TV now. I'm ready too, from your <laughs> lips to God's ears, okay? <laughs> so you got a chance to do In the Heights, which is so incredible. That is amazing. Can you share your audition story? Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, how did that whole thing start? Oh, I remember. I was doing a show called Three Modivas. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, it was just really fun. <laughs> and we were doing something in, in Toronto, I think. And Kevin McCullum was there for, man, it was like spelling bee. This was like a while back. And then he came back at, like backstage and he's like, I want you to go see my show. It's at 37 Arts. It was off Broadway at the time. He's like, I have plans for it. I'm like, what are your plans? <laughs> it was going to Broadway was like his plan. But anyways, I went to go see it and like, Oh my God, I like put a little star and like a little heart next to Vanessa. I was like, oh, I love it. Like I wanted to play her. And um, it was just so amazing. Like, you know, seeing a show that just celebrated my culture and the music is so amazing, obviously. Um, and I didn't get to audition the first time around. I think because Karen and everybody was already set. Um, but I auditioned for the first national and it was so cool. Like my agent didn't actually want me to audition at the time because they're like, 
you're unavailable because I was doing a, a kid show uh, on Nickelodeon, which I'm sure we'll talk about. It yes. <laughs> but and I was like, no, let, let them say no. Let them say no. And then so we just kind of put it in my contract that I could get out if, you know, whatever. So I but I ended up auditioning when I was in town for like the week. I was just in New York for like a week or something doing something else. And and it was it was awesome. Like Lynn and Tommy and like everybody was there. And um, I think for the callback, I wore these like big camouflage pants <laughs> and like a hot pink shirt. And I put in a weave, you know, like a sewn in. Like, oh, you weave. sewed it in. Wow. I just felt like it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Full <laughs> out. so unnecessary. And I like <laughs> just felt like it would give me the, the confidence and like. But I booked it so that it must have worked. Yeah, the hair. I blame the hair. <laughs> and um, and I got to do it for like five months, and then um, and then our show got picked up for a second season, but they took the cast to Broadway, so I didn't get to do it with Lynn or like any of the you know, that would have actually been my debut if I had stayed with that show. Wow, which was like within the heights, but um. But yeah, that, but was, you, that was it. You got to do uh, Fresh, what was it? Yes, Fresh Beat Band. The Fresh Beat Band, yeah. Yeah, which is so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because from my research, it's like you get to sing and perform. You play a lot of instruments. So this sounds like the perfect kind of job for someone like you. Yeah, that show was interesting. The audition too, because my agent was like, they need someone that can sing, act, dance, and play an instrument. So I went to my audition with, my violin and I think a guitar as well. And then they're like, there was a piano in the room and I ended up like playing a song on the piano, playing a song <laughs> guitar on violin. And then they're like, do you know Devil Went Down to Georgia? And they're like taking requests. <laughs> was, like, <laughs> the longest audition, I just kept playing songs. Um, and that was so fun. And the show, I mean, I guess for those who don't know it, um, it was a, a kid's show, right? And it was created by this incredible couple, um, Scott Kraft and Nadine Vanderveld. And yeah, I played I played Kiki, the lead guitarist, singer, and violinist in the Fresh Beat Band, and um, we played these four friends who had a band and got on into all these like wild and crazy adventures, and it was a really intense and um and really beautiful chapter in my life, you know. And as there was music in the show, we ended up doing a few tours as an actual band. <laughs> that is awesome. And we awesome. sold out like <laughs> all over. It was rad. And um, and then when we got back, like when we were done with the tour, we ended up um, recording 20 episodes of an animated spinoff. And that wow. was so cool. Yeah, it was just amazing. And I'm just really grateful for all those people like that I worked with. We're all still good friends. And it was just it was just a beautiful chapter. You know? That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so cool. Uh, so it, and that went on for like four seasons, you said, right? I think it was three seasons and then one season of an animated show. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That so is four altogether. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's like a dream come true to get to do, uh, you know, the series. You get to show off your talents as a musician and a vocalist and an actress, and then tour. Like all of that encompasses like the the performer dream. I think it's always fun to be able to like. Like do something where you get to use all the tools in your belt. Yeah. And that show in particular, there were tools I did not know I would ever have. <laughs> and you're like forced to learn them in like a week. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> Hold on, this is, oh, there. Yay. Yay. It's fresh air. I'm like, it's getting hotter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have you always wanted to be an actor or did you have other aspirations 
before you like kind of like trickled into this? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I know I've always liked performing. Mm-hmm. My mom told me a story the other day. Oh, that's my alarm. <laughs> we're good. I'm awake. Um, she told me the story the other day. She's like, you were three. And, like they were trying to sell the house when I was little. And this, this couple was over. And um, I ended up grabbing my sister and a pair of maracas. And we were singing Maria Isabel. It's like a little Spanish song, like full out. <laughs> And like, just as a three-year-old, and they ended up buying the house. And she's like, Yvette, you were the youngest realtor on the block. <laughs> but I just thought it was a really cute story. But I just always loved expressing myself through the arts, you know, whether it was writing poetry or songs or plays for me and my sisters to be in or playing instruments or, you know, anything. Um, that's just always been one of my favorite things. And so whether it's acting or singing, I'm just like, I think I've always been grabbed like I've always gravitated towards that the most you know yeah 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 oh that's awesome so and now you get to to do it for a living in all different kinds of ways which is a true blessing for sure yeah I feel really grateful because I it's always good to know what you love and then Mm. to be able to do it is like Wow, I'm so lucky, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been on some strange auditions. Have you been on any weird auditions? Yes. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear one of yours. <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, I have one. So the weirdest thing I had to do was actually for a commercial audition. I had to um, dance and like Beyonce, which I was like, I'm not. Beyonce, but I'll I'll try. So then I had to dance like Beyonce. And then they brought a guy in because they wanted to see our chemistry. And mind you, this is a commercial audition. And we had to kiss 11 times. Are you sure that was a commercial audition? That's crazy. Yeah. And now, I mean, it was really early in my career. Now I would have said, no, if I book it, I'll be willing to kiss, you know, whoever it is. But I'm not going to, you know, just like kiss this guy but that's like the strangest thing I've ever had to do an audition I think that's pretty that's pretty bad I mean okay I don't have okay I have a chemistry story but it's not what you think okay Um, (laughs) (laughs) well I won't say the name of the show I won't throw them under the bus but I was auditioning once to replace them on Broadway and one of the songs in the audition packet was an up tempo from the show Mm -hmm. so I'm like doing it and then they stopped me halfway and was like that was great that was great that was great now can you actually sing it as a ballad and um, really go up to the reader. You know, we want to see the chemistry. So, you know, I took the note. I sang it as a ballad. And I went up to the reader and, like, sang it to him. And this four board turned, like, beat right in the face. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I was, like, just trying to do my best to not make it awkward whilst taking the note, you know. But <laughs> his four phrase was read till, like, I think till I left the room. And then after they were just, like, thank you. <laughs> I didn't book it. <laughs> I hope they got the chemistry they wanted. Like, I was like, that's what you asked for. It was super weird. Like, do this up-tempo as a ballad. Go up to the reader. So I'm like doing what you asked. Yeah, it's funny because you never, like, I'm 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 starting to get better with this, like just like doing it my way. And if they like it, great. If they don't, fine. But like right. 
for the longest, I was always like, what do they want? What do they want? You know, I'm like looking at the script and I'm like, okay, it looks like they want this. You know, I'm gonna do my hair this way. I'm gonna wear this look. I'm gonna walk in with this kind of attitude or temperament or whatever. And then you walk in and it is like the opposite of what, you know? And it's like, you have to make that switch or whatever. But I think as actors, we're always trying to seek, okay, what do they want? What do they want? What do they want? Totally. Yeah. And we played casting director. We're like, I think they want to hire someone like this. I don't know if you do this. And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm not even right for that. Why why do they even want to see me? Like, that's not even who they should cast. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ooh, I know somebody really good for this. (laughs) I've straight up been like to my friends, you need to audition for this. This is for everyone. That's not my my show. But yeah, that's so interesting though, because that also is part of our job as actors and to, to use our imagination and be like, this is what we want to make. This yeah. is what I think it should be. But also, like, it's hard when you're, like, trying to please the people that you're doing it for and be like, this is what you want, right? <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> it's this fine line of, like, just do what you think is the best version of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever feels comfortable. Because if you book it and you were doing something that's, like, really outside of you that's maybe not comfortable, then then you're going to be stuck doing that for a series or for eight times a week or for whatever, you know? Right. That's right. There's yeah. a lot of responsibility there. You yeah. might get stuck with something you don't even want. <laughs> That's real. Okay. <laughs> so you were saying that In the Heights would have been your Broadway debut, but what ended up being your Broadway debut? Hades Town, which was Hades in 2019. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Well, congratulations. I got to see you in that. You're phenomenal. I got to see you twice. You phenomenal. did? Oh. Yeah. I went, I paid for a ticket and then I uh, went for the Actors Fund performance. So I was at oh those two. Oh my God, that's right. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 You are fantastic. I mean, the whole cast is fantastic. Yeah. And the fates have these really tight harmonies and beautiful musical moments. It's, it's like, it's amazing. I'm so interested and curious about that audition experience, honestly. And the workshop, too. Yeah, I did a workshop. Was it 2015 and 2017? I think it was something like that. But I I was, again, just in New York for like a week. And it, there happened to be this audition for a workshop. And I happened to have my violin with me. And then they're like, you need to play an instrument, which is so fun every time I get to play violin in a show. Because it's like, it almost feels like, part of my spiritual journey like it doesn't matter the skill level how good or bad I am it's like violin is part of my path somehow (laughs) you know and so I yeah so I auditioned for the show and I had like my suitcase when I walked in I was like on my way to the airport it was that kind of thing and and then I booked it and I did the show and right away I mean this is like the show changed so much you know since then um but I was like man this is so special like the music was so different for musical theater for Broadway and um and and I think Reeve was doing it at the time, and I think I did it with Patrick. I think I think all the I think Amber. I think pretty much everybody except Andre was the same, and the other fates were different. Um, but it was just beautiful. And then I did it again for New York Theater Workshop, and I was like, man, this is great. And then I think December of twenty, it was going off Broadway, and then I couldn't join because I was busy. But then they ended up uh, having auditions in December of 2018 so right before the year started and um yeah and I was I literally had two days off in something I was doing or three days off and so I was able to fly out do the audition 
and fly back to go do the other thing I was doing. And like, it was, it just, everything just worked out really perfectly. And I thought actually, cause I already did the workshop. It was going to be like, here, just, here's, you, you have an offer or something yeah. like that, you know, <laughs> come in and like re- remind us what you look like. But it was like, it almost looked like an open call. There were so many people and I was like, and it was really fun because we got to watch each other audition. Like there was like a dance portion, even though there's not a lot of dancing in the show. It's more like, you know, stylized movement and things like some move, some dance, I guess. But, um, but yeah, and we were like, everyone was clapping for each other. It was so supportive and beautiful. I was like, man, this is why I love New York. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah. And then I just auditioned. They had me read for Persephone, but my agent hadn't given me the packet. So I did like a cold read for Persephone, which was super fun. And then, um, yeah, that was it. And then I booked it. And then I came out in 2019 and, you know, moved out here or out there, really. And, um, yeah, it was really it was really fun. Like the whole thing was just like it's a special show. And I and I love that, um, you know, my debut was written by a woman, directed by a woman and had so many incredible females on the creative team. I feel like. They just like set the bar a little higher for everyone. And that was one of my favorite parts of like just being involved in the whole show was all the female power, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's such a dynamic show too, because, you know, you have this ancient story. And a lot of times when you take an ancient story and you modernize it, it still works because um, there's something about a story that lives on and lives on. It's, it's uh, people, can identify with it and they love it. And that's how it's lived on. Because most of this is like, it's word of mouth, word of mouth. And then someone yes. writes it down and that's how it it has a life, right? Um, so the take the take on, um, on this story of Persephone is, uh, it was just really beautiful to watch and you know what's gonna happen in the end, but still at the end, when um you know he he fails her or whatever I don't want to spoiler alert you know you don't know the story if you haven't seen I mean, the listen, show you could Google that yeah is that you could still hear the audience gasp because they oh. just they just couldn't believe it and I you know and um that's the beauty of of storytelling that you may know the end but it still breaks your heart you know even though you know your even, heart's gonna get broken <laughs> even if you know my uh, my friend condola rashad who's like an amazing actor singer yes yes such a legend and she came to see it and she knows obviously what's gonna happen she was even like i wish why couldn't they have changed it for broadway like why couldn't <laughs> they have changed that ending i, I agree like they could have just made that a happy ending <laughs> no hearts broken so across sad. the board it's so sad so so heartbreaking and they have such a great chemistry too um, so that's beautiful to watch too. All of you do. Everyone, you can you can tell, um, you know, everyone has such a great chemistry with each other. I've wanted to chat with you a little bit about what it was like um, in the workshop, like just with the the musicality of it. Because if there's if they call you in and they say, hey, we need you to be able to play an instrument, did that mean that they didn't have those parts built in yet, and they built it around the the women that they hired? I think it might have been something like that because um for example i almost brought a guitar to the audition because mm. i was like oh that might be cool because it looks like it's a folky kind of thing and then i thought well violin's a little bit not as many people do that yeah. so maybe i'll have a yeah. better chance of you know and it's also could be a folky instrument obviously um or bluesy or you know whatever the vibe was <laughs> or is um but um yeah i don't know i feel like the the girl who did it after me 
in Canada. I think she played violin. Or so, wait, I'm I'm not really sure. But I know that that like the instrumentation changed when I did the workshops. Like it wasn't always the same. Oh. Um, like I don't think we had an accordion. I think it was one of the girls played guitar. I want to say one of them played like a, a triangle, but that's not, that can't be right. I have to really, <laughs> do not call me on that. Um, yeah, that's just wrong. Maybe a tambourine though. You know what? <laughs> my my mind is blanking. But I think that they probably like saw, okay, that would work. And also musically because, so Michael Chorney and Todd Sikafus did the orchestrations and it's like one of the best parts of the show. It's like just how they can bring these songs to life and like, the cello like the trombone like everyone's such a unique character in the band um and it's just an eight-piece band so i think that also that might have been part of it like well we want to mm. have you know this part played okay well yeah let's keep a violin or let's have an accordion or you know just to fill in what would make the most sense so i think yeah it was probably part of part of it but who knows <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um i was uh I, I I didn't have to research this because I came across it during the holiday season, but the Fates did an incredible holiday album called If the oh, Fates thanks. Allow. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> and so I was I saw there that you wrote some of the music too. Yeah, I did. And um yeah. <laughs> that was well, that was an interesting project. I actually I had this idea to make a holiday album in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. But, so, but but I kinda had the idea a little too late. And I pitched it to like Broadway Records or something. And then he was like, yeah, this is great. This is great. But we didn't have time. So that was that was that. We put a pin in it. And then it was 2020. You know, we had a lot more time on our hands. Um, but it, it's interesting because even still, I didn't remember about the project till like, it, it was like August, maybe. It was still a little late in the game to be making a holiday album. <laughs> but I, I went to this guy, Van Dean. He's a president of Broadway Records. And I pitched it to him again. And then we pitched it together to Mara Isaacs, who's one of the lead producers for Hadestown. And we were able to like kind of join forces and put together this album in like not a lot of time, but we got everybody from the cast of Hadestown to participate in it. And yeah, it's like a fate centered album, like if the fates allow. Um, But it was just so beautiful, like in a pandemic to be able to make, you know, this album. And I think also the songs were really interesting. There was like something for everyone. And it wasn't like, there were a couple like happy <laughs> songs, but they were kind of a little darker and it almost mm-hmm. felt like an extension of Haiti sound, which is part of the concept of it. Um, so yeah, like the arrangements, like just everything, there was just like a moodiness to it, you know? Yeah. But, and, and I wrote one of the songs called Gift for an Angel. And it's basically a song about like when you lose someone and like sending them peace and love, like in the holidays, but like that kind of thing. And it was, it was really cool. Cause I lost my grandmother uh, recently and so I was I'm just sorry. kind of thinking about no it's okay and I was just thinking about like people like that we lose and like how we have to like celebrate them even still like even when they're they're gone so yeah it was fun to write and I and I arranged a couple songs on the album so that was fun too and it was just great it was just really beautiful to like have an idea and then like see it manifest absolutely that's always like one of my favorite things <laughs> that's incredible and I, I I would have to agree with you that like the um the, the the whole quality of Hades Town does have a darkness. There's um just a few moments of light, and it seems between the the two protagonists, you know. But um, 
I, I would not expect a, a Fates or even a Hades Town holiday album to be like cheery or anything like that. I would expect it to be mellow and dark and rich. And that's what you get when you listen to the album, for sure. Wow, that's good. <laughs> there were a lot of songs that were like, when we were like, what songs to put on it? And there were definitely some like happier, like not only cheesy, but kind of tongue in cheek, like those kind of songs. And they did not make it to the album. <laughs> like we have to edit this is not the vibe <laughs> yeah 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 well you guys did you did a fantastic job with it and Thank if you. if you all who if you're listening or or watching this series you should definitely check it out on spotify on apple music if the fates allow you can check that out and just so you know in the next segment in the curtain call we are going to be talking about yvette's magnificent recording artist career and her songwriting career and if you haven't checked her out you're missing out you're missing out greatly. She is a you are a fantastic lyricist. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that. And to see that segment, you've got to go to 32barcut.com. Okay, we are getting into the last question and then we're going to go to the stage door round. So for the last question, I really wanted to chat about um, any advice that you would have to give your younger self. I mean... There's so many things I would tell my younger self, honestly. But I mean, I think that I think it's the most important to like know yourself, right? And love yourself and mm. to really just believe in yourself. Um, and I think that's it. Like, just believe you can do it and have fun. You know, like at the end of the day, we're actors, you know, we're yeah. singers. We're like, this is a fun job. Like, let's continue to be curious about it and um, curious about the world and like just I don't know, be easy on ourselves, you know? It's, yeah. It's such a yeah. tough choice. But I, I think the biggest thing, and my mom taught me this, is you have to believe in yourself. Like, that is, and just be who you are. Like, you are enough. Like, all those kind of things that I could, <laughs> I could possibly say, like, they sound cliche, because they and they are, but, you know, but those, like, simple ideas, I feel like there's so many layers to them. Like, there's, if you really, like, love yourself, like, what does that mean, you know? And you can find these simple truths and, like, just live them and embody them and it'll just like change your life like I'm learning to love myself even now like I'm like oh wait a minute was I loving myself before <laughs> you know yeah and so like and I think when you do like it kind of opens the world to you in a in a deeper way you know where you're kind of standing your power and you're not always being pulled around by everything around you right so. absolutely wise words really because um I'm I'm still working through that too. And and I think, you know, in this career it's almost like a rat race. You're like, uh, okay, what's the next job? What's the next job? How do I do this? How do I make them love me or whatever? And then all the while it's like, wait, who am I? Where am I? Where did I go? And do I like who I've become while I lost myself along the way? And I think you have a groundedness and that's it's really great advice to offer, you know, anyone listening and watching because if you're grounded in who you are, and you love who you are, then you won't be shifted by this career because this career can shake the strongest of people. So it's good to be yeah. grounded. Yeah. That's ah, awesome. Wow, when you said that, I was like, I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice. I'm, I'm being inspired by you. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the stage door round. I just have three questions for you. And the last one is a silly one, so don't take it too too seriously. Okay, okay so the first one is, uh, what are your dressing room must-haves? Ooh. Um, oh, gosh, what are my dressing room must-haves? I don't – I got really low maintenance, like, <laughs> recent, recent years. 
um, okay, it's I I like having an image board of some kind, even if it's hidden, mm-hmm. of like inspiration for me or things to be like, oh yeah, like I made the last couple shows. I just ended up. It looked like a kid's folder from school, and it was just like images that I liked, and I just like had it there on my dresser. So that's good. Um, tea. I like having tea there. Um, what else? Jeez, I don't know. I never thought about this. <laughs> Obviously, my makeup, because if not, you look crazy on stage. Um, I don't know. I mean, oh my god, that's such a hard one. Snacks for sure. Yes. Yeah, snacks, snacks, and tea and inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Those, those those are good. Those are great answers. I mean, I'm right there with you. Like I need I need my snacks. I need my water and water. Mm, do I need my phone? No, cuz I get really irritated when someone calls me during the show. <laughs> I'm oh, terrible I- like that. I'm terrible. I'm the worst friend. Um yeah, <laughs> those are definitely my must-haves. And then like something like um therapeutic, like something PT, like an ointment or like a, a oh, lacrosse like ball or something like that. Because, ooh, these calves, they get real tight real quick. <laughs> oh, I can, oh, man, I wish I saw you in that show too. Like, you, oh my gosh, well. <laughs> we'll see, maybe there's still time, who knows, who knows. Okay, so you play so many instruments. What is your favorite to play? My favorite, I have to say, well, I mean, violin, obviously, because I've, I've known the violin the longest we're good friends but I feel like I feel like I have recently become obsessed with wanting to learn guitar Mm. I mean I knew like basic guitar like you know like for the that show I was doing and um and just in general you know you learn like the basic chords and that kind of thing but I really I've been following all these amazing female guitarists on Instagram and I'm just like man such badassery out there (laughs) you know so but my favorite is violin right now but um I really want to get good at guitar. <laughs> I believe you can do it. I mean, you're Thank it's you. like once you get proficient in an instrument, especially because it's already in the same family, then I feel like, you know, taking on another one is just like, oh, let me learn these new chords. Done. Got it. Like you don't have to work up the resilience on your fingertips and all that. So Yeah, you definitely understand the mechanics of it. And I took um, a class during the pandemic at Mm -hmm. Berkeley online. Oh, nice. And it was like a guitar class and it was so fun. And I learned so much. But um, no, but when I say good, I feel like the people I follow are all beasts. Like they're like, (laughs) that's what they do for a living kind of thing. So it's like a whole different level. (laughs) Anyway, but to answer your question, violin. (laughs) I love it. How, How long have you played the violin? We didn't even get into that really. Oh, I mean, I started, you know, it almost sounds made up, so I kind of don't say it, but (laughs) my mom, well, I thought I started when I was three. And then my mom was like, well, when you were one and a half, (laughs) she made a fake violin out of, uh, there's this uh, grocery store in Miami called Publix. Oh, we (laughs) know Publix. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she would take like Publix brown bags and she would, she wrapped a piece of wood in it and put like, like a little stick for the squirrel. And she put like a cardboard thing on the floor so we'd know how to stand and know how to hold it and it wasn't a violin obviously but I was one and a half and I was like that sounds so fake why because she like I don't she wasn't even a violinist she just yeah. loved it and um so I thought that was so cool and then when I was three me and my sister started playing and we did the Suzuki method which is what a lot of kids do when they're learning young and uh yeah I started really young and that just was the worst of practicing mm. 
I just like wouldn't put in the time and and like now I'm like you bet you got to show up you got to <laughs> you got to keep you got to keep practicing because this is going to be part of your life you know yeah absolutely but, yeah. I feel like you keep getting called like you said you keep getting called to bring the violin back into your work so yeah I think for sure it's definitely has been and will continue to be a part of your life yeah, and I just got to do something really cool this year with um, some amazing female. We did like a chamber group or whatever um, for her. Oh, wow. You know, the, for yeah. the Super Bowl. So we got to play, I got to play strings on her singing America the Beautiful. And that was so, I was like, man, this if that's not a good reminder to like, just keep putting in the time and like, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Loved. It was so cool. And like, and I, I've been, Last year, actually, ironically enough, I did quite a lot of work. Like I got paid to be a violinist for people's projects. And I was like, that's so cool, you know, in a pandemic even. So there's something to it, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, that performance was amazing, by the way. That was my favorite performance so of the Super Bowl. Like I like it took my breath away. I, and and in a in a time in the country where things are so polarized and um, very difficult, it was just, I mean, I it it brought tears to my eyes. And I'm not I'm not the one that's gonna cry about, you know, America the Beautiful, but like it made mm. it really got me emotional because it was just wow. the, it it was done in a way that was pristine, but just having a black woman singing and now knowing that you were part of yeah. the um the musicians involved too, just it really was an emotional moment. It made it meant a lot to me. So mm, that's amazing. Yeah, actually, I didn't think about it like that, but that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like in such a understated way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she and she's just an amazing artist. Like she's probably. I'm just such a fan of hers. Like yeah. I didn't even know yeah. of her music until like last year, and now I'm like, she is ridiculous. Like she is. The voice, that, yeah. the musicianship, like all of it is like so fierce. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yes. <laughs> I have my final question for you for this segment. And it is something we ask everyone. So you're totally safe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in the cast. Okay. Adrian and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the show thus far. If you'd like to hear the full interview and get access to the curtain call, head on over to 32barcut.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video collection and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.